Hello, this is Jeff Morton, and you're listening to the latest episode of CSG Podcast. Uh, no intro music. As you noticed for the last couple uh, podcasts, it's been uh, me interviewing Tim Connolly and uh, doing an interview with a gentleman who wrote Tall Tales and Short Shorts, um, Dr. J. Pistol Pete, and The Birth of the Modern NBA. And I, I, I honestly, I will get to that in a second, but I haven't, I don't have access on my own end to the uh, CSG intro, intro music. So I, I, that's why you have not heard that. Um, I'm going to be going solo today. I don't often go solo, and I will also explain to you why in just a second. Uh, Nate Timmons is not here. He is actually overcoming the seasonal flu, which is this year is particularly bad. So everyone uh, get a flu shot, um, even if it's not like for particularly for this strain. It will lessen your symptoms, and you won't be feeling like death for two weeks. You know, it's just everyone who's had this thing has told me the same thing. Luckily, and I'm knocking on wood right now, I have not uh, contracted it, and I have been fortunate not to have uh, encountered it right now. But seriously, people, everyone, get a flu shot. Uh, Ross Martin, I believe, is somewhere in Canada prospecting for gold. So I wish him luck there, and uh, I hopefully when he comes back, he will uh, have gold for CSG. Um, one reason I don't do... Uh, solo podcast is that I find myself running out of things to talk about within five minutes. <laughs> and then I just listen back to it and I think, God, you are rambling forever. You need to like rein yourself in, Jeff. Uh, it's, and I think it's kind of a skill to be able to, even though anyone who has listened to uh, CSG for the last five years knows that my skill at, uh, you know, Talking and rambling and when pregnant pauses, a la Sandy Clef, is unparalleled. Um, quite frankly, it's another completely different matter to just find something to talk about for an extended period of time. I have infinite amount of respect for people who do solo podcasts, uh, particularly Adam Marez, who uh, has done a solo podcast for a couple of years now. Uh, honestly, that is that is a skill I don't have, uh, but uh, bear with me, and I will, <laughs> and I will. Uh, try to shepherd you through this. Uh, I only have a couple of topics to talk about the second half of the season for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I wanted to get to my last podcast just before we uh, continue on. And it was Adam Cribley, uh, who is a professor at uh, Southern Missouri University. And it was a fascinating, for those people who haven't heard it, it's a fascinating journey through a decade of the NBA that has gone underappreciated, I should say. Um, not many people talk about the decade of the 70s, but really that was the pivotal transition period from the Russell-dominated 60s to the Bird and Magic-dominated uh, 80s. And it was the evolution of basketball. And the, the, probably the, the biggest, the two, three biggest things that happened during the decade are one, uh, I would say first and foremost is the advent of free agency, the Oscar Robinson, uh, Robertson um, antitrust suit that eventually that was settled in 1976 that allowed for the second biggest thing, which is the merger of the ABA teams, four ABA teams into the NBA. Um, and th those two things like fundamentally altered the league and basically introduced um, slowly, albeit, a new style of basketball into the league. 
those things were something that um, took time to adjust. And we talk about transition periods in the in NBA history. That was maybe the biggest transition period that uh, in in its fundamental core in its history. Those two events happening in the same year completely fundamentally altered the course of basketball and introduced um, higher pay for the players. And it also introduced um, what every other league except for the NFL at that time had, which was free agency. Um, and also, it's it, basically it, it kind of the, the 70s were unique because it didn't have a dominant dynastic team. It's the only decade that didn't, doesn't have a dynasty. Uh, you could argue that maybe the there's the the Knicks won two titles in the in there. That so you know maybe those two titles the Knicks won, or maybe the almost titles of the Milwaukee Bucks in the early seventies. Uh, you could argue that those were kind of dynastic teams, but it really wasn't. Um, there was no dynasty, and that, that the, the dynasties didn't get reintroduced till the eighties with the Lakers and the Celtics and, and who were playing for every seemingly every title game through that decade. So it, those are interesting. They're interesting little things that if you read the book and you can find it on Amazon, uh, go ahead and, and look for it. It's called tall tales and short shorts. Uh, it is by Adam J. Cribley, uh, C R I B L E Z. Uh, it is a, uh, a really, really what I consider to be a pivotal and fascinating point of NBA history that everyone should uh, look at. All right, the Denver Nuggets will be entering, well, into, you can't call it the second half of the season because there's only 24 games left. Um, we are entering into a point where the Nuggets are really, really into crunch time. There is, and I, I, I don't want to uh, undersell this, but the, the schedule and the, um, I would say the, 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 the road stretch in March are some of the toughest I've seen um, from the Nuggets in, in years. Uh, uh, right up there with the beginning of the 2012-13 season, where the season, ironically, they won 57 games. Uh, where they played 22 of their first 32 on the road. This is, uh, I would say, a comparable stretch. And the Nuggets are really entering a, a time where think, a lot of things can happen. They're on a tipping point. Uh, 10 through, well, basically 3 in the Western Conference is so separated by so little. And anything can happen. Really, anything can happen. And this is, this is something that the Nuggets will be facing as they're going into it because they have a, a Utah Jazz team, which I will say maybe the All Star break could break a little of the Jazz's momentum. Um, and I'm wondering the same thing about the Nuggets. The Jazz have won 11 in a row, and the Nuggets have won uh, nine of their last 12. And that, those kinds of things are are breaks tend to be street killers. And the Nuggets will be facing a very, very tough schedule coming into, uh, out of the excuse me, coming out of the All Star break, which begins with playing the San Antonio Spurs again, uh, starting this Friday, and then going with the Rockets, and then coming back against the Clippers, who they are battling in that lower half of the Western Conference. 
Um, these are teams. That, these are games. Really, the Nuggets can't afford to lose. Nuggets really can't afford to lose any game. And it is it is crunch time, definite definite crunch time. And it and yes, the Nuggets have this nice break, but you kind of wanted to continue the momentum. The one team the Nuggets really struggle against is the uh, Houston Rockets. They're, the way they play just does not is not something the Nuggets are currently set up to defend. Uh, Capella, uh, Clint Capella, and James Harden tend to eat uh, Nikola, Nikola Jokic up on the pick and roll, and it's been that way both games they played this year. And the Nuggets haven't been close in either game. And they're the only team in the NBA that has been able to do that to the Nuggets. And it's just due to the way that the, the Rockets play. It's simple, basic, the way that, that they do it. Now, and I, I remain unconvinced that the um, Rockets' style will get them an extended trip into the say NBA finals. I the NBA still fundamentally in a series if you give a team especially a good team seven games, they'll find a way to shut off your three-point shots and it becomes a grind. And I am not 100, not 100% convinced that the Rockets can withstand a grind. Uh and we will see if they're able to do that. Now, all that aside, talking about the Denver Nuggets Coming into the last 24 games of the season, they are slated to pick up um, Paul Millsap, who came off of wrist surgery and has missed the last 42 games. Uh, Paul Millsap will be available here soon. They haven't put a date on it, um, but it's going to be, I'm anticipating, within the next couple weeks. Um, It won't be long. And how they incorporate him back into the lineup is going to be key. And I will say, and I'm going to be, this may be a fire take here, but what they need to do is basically convince the coaching staff, i.e. specifically Michael Malone, to avoid going back to a Millsap heavy isolation thing that they were doing before. Millsap on offense. Millsap will definitely help the defense. Uh, he, it was demonstrated that he was prior to him leaving uh, with the wrist uh, injury. But offensively, the team, I, I mean, despite the fact that it looked all right, the team was still depending far too much on Millsap uh, making people better when on, in reality, the Nuggets needed to run everything through Jokic. Now, this is less about Jokic and his... Um, uh, less than enthusiastic play up to when uh, about 10 games ago. This is more about the way the coaching staff approached the getting into the, the season, how they, they said Millsap is our best player. No, that has never been the case. Paul Millsap is 33 years old. Nikola Jokic is 23 years old. He is your best player. And I think it, took a while for the Nuggets to embrace the fact that Jokic has to make people better above other people making Jokic better. And I hope when Millsap returns, my hope at least, is that they allow Jokic to have 
basically everything run through him like they're doing right now, and then have you have uh, Millsap maybe made better by Jokic, and then at crunch time, I mean Millsap uh, has proven that he can get a, get the job done in crunch time. You get the ball to him and you let him do his work. And that, to me, that would be the best of both worlds. And plus, you're allowing him to uh, improve your defense. Really, truly, that is what you need to be doing. And I hope the Nuggets coaching staff realizes that after the last 10 games. Um, outside of that, it's going to be very, very interesting to watch this team deal with the pressure. This is unlike last season where they were still... They, they were at the eighth spot for a majority of the second half of the season. But you can always, you always felt that they were so awful on defense that it was going to catch up to them eventually. And true enough, they just weren't able to sustain a, a long enough streak to keep the suddenly hot Portland Trailblazers off their, off their heels. Right now they have an opportunity to show what they got in, in what amounts to extended playoff time. Coming out of the, the Nuggets can't rest. Coming out of this, this uh, all-star break, the Nuggets have to go pedal to the metal to the playoffs and hopefully get to the playoffs and through the playoffs. They can't let up, particularly on that brutal seven-game stretch in March. Now, fortunately... Uh, they are not playing a murderer's row during that stretch, but the Nuggets are nine and nineteen on the road, and they are not. They cannot afford to take any team for granted. Any team, it's particularly on the road, and this is going to be a grind and a grind that the Nuggets will. Well, it's going to tell you a lot about who they are. It's going to tell you a lot about who the coaching staff is, and hopefully, with the reintroduction of of Paul Millsap whenever he gets back the Nuggets will have that medal and they will be able to withstand the the actually excruciating pressure of a playoff race now they went through it a little last year as I pointed out but nothing compared to what they're going to be going through this year with the Western Conference so tight outside of the first two teams the first the next you know seven teams all the way down to ten that there is just no separation, and you're going to need to play your best ball the entire time. Are the Nuggets a team that can withstand that kind of pressure? I'm very curious to see this. Uh, on a on a side note, and take a, a brief break here. Uh, this episode of the CSG podcast is brought to you by the King Law Firm. Uh, I will put a link to their website in uh, the description. It is, uh, it is a great law firm here in town, in, in Denver. Uh, be sure and hit them up. Uh, they do practice a lot of Social Security law, um, a, lot of, a lot of things to make your life better. Um, they really stand up for the, for the, the, the little guy. They are, they are great at standing up for the little guy. And be sure and check them out. Once again, I will put the link into the description, the King Law Firm. So before I get going, I would like to talk about the last, you know, four podcasts. Um, we've had a lot of guests. And honestly, this is the kind of stuff that we want to be bringing you on CSG. Um 
starting with in Jan- the beginning of January, the Josh Cronkey podcast, um, which was a great, really good one. It really gives you a little insight into Josh. Um, I've known Josh for a long time personally, um, and it was nice to get down and talk to him and get him on record about him, his life, and how he views things. Um, it, it, it was good to have that kind of uh, perspective, regardless of whether you come, what you what area you come down with the Cronkies. Uh, his his perspective is needed, whether you agree with what he's saying or not. Um, coming to the next podcast, which is jo- uh, excuse me, Josh <laughs> Tim Connolly. I falling over my words. This is why I don't do many uh, solo podcasts. Um, Tim Connolly uh, was good enough to be on again. I, I thank him. Uh, he's just been so great to CSG. Um, he has said some interesting things about. About the second half of the season and after the trade deadline, I encourage anyone to go uh, check it out. It was only 20 minutes long, and uh, it's very easily digestible. And, of course, the the one before this one, my interview with Adam J. Cribley um, about his book. And I think that this is kind of something we all like. But to, to I do know, I, I do know this for 100% fact, um, you miss the combination of Nate and I and Ross. And you will be getting more of that. Um, it's it's been a it's been an interesting time. I, nothing has gone on other than the fact that life. Uh, we all work. We all do different things, and it's been a difficult time trying to get all of us together. But what we are going to do is try to give you as much quality content when we can get it up. Um, we don't want to cheat you. We don't want to put up a podcast that is less than what how what of the standard that we have uh, established over the last 282 episodes. Uh, we don't really don't want to cheat you, and that's really honestly why I don't do a lot of solo podcasts because I don't feel like it is representative of the quality of CSG, which is Nate, Ross, and Jeff, um, and many times uh, Nate and Jeff. Um, we want to give you the best podcast in Denver. And normally we achieve that by giving you perspectives that you don't normally get in any, I mean, you get other podcasts with the same thing, but you don't get, you don't get what, I guess the unique perspective of CSG. And we really want to be able to maintain that. And Nate will be back soon. Uh, like I said, he's been ill. And Ross, uh, once he's done getting us some gold, uh, uh, you know, maybe we'll have, by that point, our mics will be plated with gold and they will sound even that much better. So anyway, appreciate you guys uh, joining us as always, um, and we will see you next time. Goodbye.